church, we're today continuing with the series that we began last week. Uh, it's called Matters of the Heart, and we began to launch into this. And if you weren't here, I'll give a short recap, but I really encourage you to tune in and find out, uh, listen to last week's message on podcast to bring you up to speed. This is a four-week series. I believe it's one of those series that you look back on this year and go, God did something significant in my life through that series, not just through the preaching, but then through the discussion, all of our connect groups in term two are going to be uh, doing this uh, heart of the matter or matters of the heart course, discussing things, uh, how it affects us, leaning into it, letting God do a great work in our hearts. I encourage you for term two to find a group that you can go to and uh, the team will explain how to do that, but you can do that online, you can do that here across the coast. Uh, We really encourage you to be part of a group. I was told last week by one of our emergency emergency nurses. It's a good thing to have doctors in our church. I think we have about 10 doctors in our church actually, a whole stack of nurses, a whole stack of people. And I was told last week that this little symbol for, uh, for the heart monitor uh, is an indication that things are not good. Okay, so, so if you happen to be at hospital and you see a jagged heart monitor, heart rate, uh, that just, just so all of us know, this, that's not good. That's unhealthy. So just, I thought I'd better let you know that. I also have had some, lots of feedback from last week where we were just explaining the difference in body sizes, particularly for guys. And I, we spent a little bit of time talking about what a unit is last week. And I've been, I've been overwhelmed with people this week uh, sending me text messages. Dave Crowder, shirtless, is like, I am a unit. Just wanted to make it really, really clear. There's other, other people. I, I, so just, just for those of you, the guys especially who are concerned, whether you've bulked up or like me, you're lean and muscular. That's what I'm going for. I'm not skinny. Uh, not even particularly wiry. I just would like to go with lean and muscular. I, I was told that there's another level above a unit. I'm not sure if you know what it is, fellas. Here today, it's a tank. If you're a tank, that is the ultimate in size. You're not going to run over me on the football field because you're a tank. But anyway, just, just helping, just helping. So just, uh, anyway, you'll need to listen to last week. This, the text for this message is our memory verse from last week, and it's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Uh, in the NLT, it says like this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of of your life. Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That we, we learned from this scripture that the condition of my heart actually determines the quality and direction of my life. Life is not what's happening to me. Life is what's flowing out of me. It's out of my heart. So just a, a recap, and I've got some screens to help you with this today. The Bible tells us that we are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and and body. Okay, spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit uh, who has a soul and lives in a body. So there's four screens. I think the media team are going to put these up for me. Spirit, soul, body. Uh, When you get born again, your spirit, which has been disconnected from God, actually is, uh, becomes tr- transformed, not just transformed, but regenerated. You become a brand new person. So your spirit, soul, and body, next screen for me, please. So when you're born again, no, next one, just jump to the next one. When you're, you get born again, God literally gives you a new spirit. 
a new DNA. It's the DNA of Jesus Christ. That's the, the most radical transformation that can happen to any of us is that we invite Christ into our life and He doesn't just start to change us from the outside in. He changes us on the inside and we're born again, a new creation. Now go back to the screen just before so I can go with that. Alright, so the Bible gives us this idea that your spirit and your soul, those two parts of you, uh, make up what's called your inner man, your inner person, and your body is the external person. So here's the idea. One day, and, and so one day, your body will die and your, your physical body will be buried or cremated or whatever you decide, but your inner man, who this is you, will live on. Your spirit and your soul. Your spirit and your soul will live on and have to give an account to God for our life. And so this is your inner man. Uh, lots of people give lots of attention to their outer man, their physical man. Their, and I mean that in a non, uh, non-generic sense of the word. It means male and female. Lots of people spend lots of time at the gym trying to look good and ignoring the inner man. But it's actually the condition and quality of my life is a reflection of my inner man. Now, that doesn't mean we ignore the outer man. That's important. We've got to be stewards. That, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to look after the temple. We've got to feed it, rest it, regenerate it, be healthy, all of that. That's responsible. But more important than the outer man is the inner man, your spirit and your soul. Okay. And so then the the last thought is this then transformation will happen on four levels. Transformation will happen. So we'll go to that final screen. And so the, the greatest transformation happens when you get born again and you get a new spirit. But then God begins to go to work on what the Bible calls your inner man, your soul, which is your heart, your mind, and you could say your will here, your behavior. So your heart is the seat of all emotions. That's where your conscience is. That's, that's the, the driver of your life is your heart. Your mind is where your thoughts are. Uh, your, your behavior comes from your will, from your, the decisions that you make. And so lots of people try and change their life by just changing their behavior. Just, oh, I'm going to try really hard. And we hear someone inspiring who's got strong self-will, who's like the guy, uh, Jeff Wilson, who's traveled all around Antarctica. And you go, man, that guy is determined. He's got a strong will. And we go, well, if I could just be more strong-willed, I'll be changed. But that's only one component of transformation. Transformation happens first in our spirit. Then the Holy Spirit helps us. Then in our heart, mind, and our behavior all together. And so we learned that for many years, I'm just recapping on last week, that many psychologists thought that uh, if you, our feelings came primarily from our brain thoughts. It's, what we have to understand is this is your inner man. You have a physical heart, but the, your inner man has a heart. You have a physical brain, but your inner man has a mind. Okay. So when you die, there will still be a heart and a brain in your body, but your inner man continues to have a heart and a mind. I like to think of it like this. The body's heart and brain is the hardware, and the inner man's heart and mind is the software. It's what drives us. It's, how, it's who you really are. And so psychologists once thought that, that primarily the, the feelings and decisions and things that I make come from my thoughts, my brain. You can, you can put that one down now. But over the recent years, they've discovered this, that the heart is actually in constant communication with the brain. 
Constant. It's always talking. There's signals going from, from heart to brain, brain to heart, heart to brain, brain to heart. But the most signals coming to our life are not from our brain to our body, but they're from our heart to our mind to our body. The heart is indeed the central driver of your life. These messages, uh, we will have feelings of anger or frustration or anxiety or insecurity. And they are heart things. And our heart rate becomes more erratic sends a message to our mind that releases uh, adrenaline or, or activates a certain part of our brain and then the brain sends a message to our body and this dialogue's going on. But your heart is the core of your life. So therefore we must give attention to our heart above all else. Give attention to your heart because the condition of your heart, it will determine the condition of your marriage. The condition of your heart, it will determine the condition of your family life. The condition of your heart, it will, it will actually affect uh, your, uh, your well-being, your joy, your relationships. The, the, another way the Bible says this is the heart, guard your heart because your heart will determine the boundaries of your life. So therefore, I've got to go to work on my heart. And we realized last thing last week, and this was the, the homework we had, is that the Holy Spirit, when we get born again and He makes us brand new, He actually lives in our heart. And one of His roles, Romans 5 verse 5, is to pour the love of our Father into our heart. The greatest, the greatest transformation you'll have, one, is when you get born again. You make a decision to connect with God. If you've never done that and you're here today, and you've never actually made a personal connection with God at the end of this service online, here in this room, we're going to have that moment of connecting with God. That will change everything. Then the ongoing transformation of the Spirit of God dwelling in our heart and pouring God's love into our heart, that will, just, that will create such a, a sense of healing and wholeness coming to our heart that, changes, that, that begins transformation. We never stop receiving the love of God pouring into our heart. It's an ongoing pursuit. It is our heart work every day. I, I usually spend about five minutes pretty much every day. I've done this for the last 20 years and just stopping and saying, Father, I know you love me. Would you pour your love by your Holy Spirit into my heart? Would you pour your presence into my heart? I want to be filled with your love so that I, everything I do comes out of that place. That is a wonderful way to start or finish your day. That leads us to today. And I want us to look into this scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. This is Jesus talking. And he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. If I've got good treasure in my heart, it will produce good things. If I've got evil treasure in my heart, it will produce evil things. Whatever's in my heart will slip out through my mouth. I don't know if you've ever had this moment where you said something and you went, oh, where did that come? I can't believe I said that. Under pressure, under stress, something went wrong and you just let fly. You let loose. You gave somebody a piece of your mind. You told them exactly how it is. You thought you'd feel better. And then after a while, you're like, oh, where did that come from? Where, what, what, why was, what, what, why I was so critical. I was so negative. I let it, where did that come from? Oh, that must have been the devil. 
If only we could blame the devil for all of those times we, we let fly. Jesus makes it very clear where that came from. That came from my heart. And often what's in my heart only comes out under pressure. That's why the Bible says that God let the children of Israel go through the wilderness and it said because he wanted to test them to see what was in their heart. Pressure, pain, difficult circumstances, the circumstances of life reveal what's in our heart. And sometimes, come on, let's be honest, it's not pretty. Sometimes it's not pretty. And so uh, Jesus said it in another way. But for the words, this is Matthew verse 15, 18 and 19. The words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying and slander. These, these aren't, people often think, oh, that's a sin that a person did. But no sin that we did didn't just came out of nowhere. It came out of our heart and what we let, what we treasured in our heart, what we planted in our heart. He said this in response to, his, uh, to the Jewish people who were like, your disciples, they don't wash their hands. They're not following the law. How, how terrible. They're now unclean. And, and Jesus went and said, it's not what you eat that makes you clean or unclean. It just passes through you. In that moment, he said, it's all free to have bacon and eggs for breakfast. And everybody said, amen, amen. That's, I did hear someone say, what do you get when you cross a pig and a centipede? Bacon and legs. Anyway, sorry, we'll just keep going. All right, just to keep going. So it's not what goes through, it's not what goes into your stomach that defiles you. Christianity is not about what you eat or don't eat, drink or don't drink. That's the difference of religion. Christianity is about what's in our heart and what flows out of our heart, and that's our life. Jesus is more interested in your heart. He's more interested in your heart. He's more interested in your heart than he is what you're eating. Okay, just to be really clear about that. Uh, now, here's the thing. The condition of your heart is your responsibility. The condition of your heart, watching at home right now, it's your responsibility. The condition of my heart is my responsibility, and the condition of your heart is yours. I cannot do your heart work for you. You need to do your own heart work to, to work on this. So let's, let's have a little think about this. If the treasure in my heart, evil or bad is what's determining my actions and my words and who I am as a person. Well, how does it get in there and how do I get it out? How do I get evil treasure in my heart? Or how do I get good treasure in my heart? And if I've got evil treasure in my heart, how do I get rid of it so that it's not there anymore? Who wants to know that? Well, let's go there right now. So the, the first thing here, in, evil treasure comes into our heart, number one, because of our sinful nature. You're just born with a propensity to have evil thoughts come into your heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 9, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked, who really knows how bad it is. You and I have a bent towards sin. That's, that's what Adam did when he disobeyed God he cre and we were made in his image. He gave us a bent towards sin. Uh, it's, uh, I compared it to this last week that your heart is like a garden. And the fruit of your heart uh, is what's been planted in your garden. But here's the thing. You don't have to plant weeds. How many people know what I'm talking about? Uh, we, we've got veggie gardens at home. And uh, we have in our veggie gardens this annoying little plant called nutgrass. 
And if you've ever had nut grass in your vegetable, in your veggie garden or your lawn, it's so hard to get rid of. You can pluck it out, but if you don't, if you don't poison it and get the roots out and pull it out, it'll just keep growing back and multiplying and growing back. That's what sin is like for you and I. That's what evil thoughts are like for you and I. You don't plant those little suckers. They're there by, by the means of our nature. They just, you know, negativity, critical thoughts, judgmental thoughts, hatred, jealousy, all of those things. They just, they just, that's the part of being a human being. They just, they come up inside of us. The good news is when you get born again, you become spiritually a new creation. Then God goes to work and he changes your nature. And now because his Holy Spirit lives in your heart, he starts to sow good things into your heart. That's, that's one of the great news again of becoming a Christian is God changes us. So we don't have to change ourselves by willpower. He changes us at our nature. Okay, so that's, that, that's the first reason that we'll have evil things stored up in our heart. It's in our sinful nature. But the second reason is nurture. Come on, nurture or nature? What is it, Sam? Nurture or nature? It's both. It's both. Nurture is the atmosphere and upbringings that we've experienced. So it will affect the condition of our heart, the tone of our family life. Was it fun and joyful? That will plant things in our heart. Was it loving and encouraging? That will plant things in our heart. Or was it fear-filled? Was our, the atmosphere of our home that we grew up in or that we're living in now, is it fear-filled, filled with anger, filled with violence, void of love, void of care? If that's the case, that will deposit things in our heart. We don't, have, we don't make the choice about that. It just happens to us by our atmosphere. The people we hang around with will determine the, what's placed in our heart. Uh, Proverbs says, hang around, don't be careful, don't hang around with an angry man lest you become like him. So what's on people rubs off us and that's how evil treasure gets in our heart or good things get in our heart. You hang around with the right people, what's on them rubs off them and you begin to see life a different way. That's because of the people you're hanging around and good things are planted in your heart. Key influences in your life, your parents, authority figures, people you're attached to. I, I feel super blessed because my parents in, in the atmosphere of my home they created, they loved God. They loved church. There, there was kindness. There was inclusion of the down and out. There was mercy. There was hospitality. There was generosity. And that planted seeds in my heart that I can't take credit for. They placed those things in my heart through my upbringing. That's why I love the house of God, because we can create an atmosphere where, where things are planted in people's hearts. Good things are planted in people's hearts. Our experiences determine what's planted in our heart, negative or, or not so good. The, the devil is trying so hard to sow evil thoughts into your life, destructive, toxic thoughts, negative images. He's working so hard to, to get the wrong picture playing in your heart, the wrong movie playing in your heart. He's just, that's one of his key strategies. If I can poison their heart, I'll poison their life. That's what the devil wants to do. So that's how it gets in. How do we get it out? Well, I want us to look at a story that will just give us a really good insight. And this is in Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Let's start. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. Pause. Just remember that. Go on down to verse 13. Now, the, the, Philip the evangelist came, was preaching the gospel, and Simon himself believed and was baptized. He got born again, new spirit. 
And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. I mean, he was a signs and wonders guy just from the dark side. So now he's fascinated that this is way better than what I've ever had. They called Peter and John down from Jerusalem to Samaria. And this is what happens. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered the money and said, Give me this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. I like what you've got. I want some of that. That would enhance my, my whole strength and, and skill and ability. You have no, and, and Peter busted him. May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry. Why? Because your heart is not right before God. Pause for a moment. Didn't he believe and get baptized? So spiritually, he's a new creation. But something's gone wrong in his heart that had been planted there over a period of time, over many years. And now, rather than operating out of the born-again zone, he's operating out of that heart zone. There's evil in his heart. What does he say? How do you deal with it? Repent of this wickedness, Simon, and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you're full of bitterness and captive to sin. Your heart is full of bitterness. Repent. Uh, the, the Passion Translation says this, I discern that jealous envy has poisoned you and binds you as a captive to sin. Now, we, we know nothing else about Simon. We don't know anything about his story, his upbringing, his background. We don't know whether his father was a sorcerer and his grandfather was a sorcerer. We don't know if that's, that's what his family's always done. We don't know if he was rejected as a child and, and, or whether he was bullied at school and, and maybe somehow struggled to find something that would give him a sense of identity. We don't know what's the background to who this man became. And interestingly, Peter, when he encountered this particular sin, didn't sit down with Simon and say, now Simon, tell me what has happened in your background so that I can work out why you've become this kind of person. He just said, dude, that is sin. And we need to get, that's evil. You're jealous. You're going around telling everybody you're great. Obviously, that's, a, that's an issue of pride in your heart. Maybe there's insecurity in your heart. And when these guys come along in, under the power of the Holy Spirit and they do signs and wonders and they're powerful and you see them, there's a, there's a root of bitterness in your heart and jealousy and you're not motivated by good to get the gift of the Holy Spirit to help people. You're motivated by looking good. You're motivated by pride. There's a jealous envy inside of your heart and and the ultimate, you might go and do those things, but if your heart's wrong, it's wrong. And so the way to deal, the way you're going to get that evil treasure out of your heart is to repent. It's to repent. Now, I don't know about you, but repent is probably not as trendy as it was 30 years ago. So often we talk about, well, well this is why I'm like this. If, because they said this. 
Or my parents did that. Or my upbringing did this. Or the pressure on my life made me like this. And there's a, there's a truth to the need to get the pain out of our soul. But that's not today's message. There's an importance of getting the pain of our life out with the love of God coming in and how we do that appropriately. And we'll talk about that in this series. But we don't want to start there. We want to start where Peter started. And Peter started, if it's sin or if it's wrong, let's call it sin. Let's call it wrong. And the only way to get it out of my heart is to repent. I repent. So what does that mean? It means weeded out. You know what? If I go to my garden and it's got lots of those weeds and that nut grass in it and, I go, and the rain, it just rains and rains and rains. Funny thing, the rain doesn't wash the weeds out. Getting God's love into my heart is not what gets rid of the evil treasure. Getting God's love into my heart is not weeds that doesn't weed out the issues. Now, here's a cool thing. You know if you're a gardener, the best time to pull the weeds out is when? After the rain. So the rain is the love of God pouring in, filling. That's why I started us last week. Our heart work is to get God's love into our heart. But when His love's into our heart and our heart's starting to get soft, we have to say, God, what is it in my heart right now that's sin? Circle it and, and just go, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm repenting of that sin and I'm going to rip it out by its roots. I don't want to be that kind of person anymore. I don't want to be a hateful person anymore. I don't want to be a critical person anymore. I don't want to be an anxious or fearful person anymore. I don't want to be a proud person anymore. I don't want to be a selfish person anymore. I don't want to be a greedy person anymore. I don't want to be a lustful person anymore. These are, these are all things that are treasures, evil treasures in our heart. I don't want to be a jealous person anymore. I don't want to be a racist person anymore. I don't want to be an unforgiving person anymore. I don't want to be a self-hating person anymore. I remember a couple of years ago, particularly spending some time waiting on God and, and His presence washing over me and feeling His love. And then I'm like, Lord, can you talk to me? Can you just speak to my heart? And he told me a few things, but one of them was just this little scalpel to operate. And it was like, your opinions offend me. I'm like, oh, I knew it was God because that's just not my language. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, you've got an opinion about this and an opinion about that person, an opinion about that church, and you've got an opinion and your opinion, you, and it feels nice to call it an opinion because that's a little bit okay. But actually, it's a criticism. And your opinions are repelling me. And I began to go on a journey of going, all oh, right, this is not the time to justify those things. This is the time to circle it and say, well, that's, that's a weed in my heart. That's evil treasure in my heart. And the only way I can get rid of evil treasure is not by asking you to lay your hands on me and pray for me. It's not by getting more of God's love. It's just by repenting. Oh, God, I'm sorry. My opinions. And, and I began to uh, uh, ask forgiveness over a period of months. God, forgive me for that opinion. I, then I'd find myself during the day uh, coming back and that, there it was. It's like, oh, I thought I'd got rid of that. It's, but there's still some roots in there. I've got to get rid of that. I've got to be on to that. Forgive me again, Jesus. Forgive me again. Confess it to someone else. That, that's the, the humbling. If you really want to get rid of sin, evil treasure in our heart, it's, tell somebody else. 
Confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other that you might be healed. You really? You know what, what is interesting to me? David in the Bible was known as a man after God's own heart. And David blew it sexually badly. And many people, after they've blown it, often quote David and go, well, hey, David, they didn't pull Psalms out of the Bible. So he's, he blew it, and therefore I can do anything under the banner of grace, and I can be restored to God. And often it's used as a, you need to be gracious to me, which is never the sign of a repentant heart. A sign of a repentant heart is, I don't deserve grace. So if you want to know the standard that David set for getting your heart right with God, he wrote a psalm called Psalm 51. And he said, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion and it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. Goes on to verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. You go, well, that's an amazing psalm. David repented, wrote a letter to God just to get it all out. And then he and God got it right. You know the power of that psalm? is it's written to the chief musician of Israel. And the whole nation knew of David's sin. And he wrote this psalm that the whole of Israel would sing this song of repentance on his behalf. You go, that's why he had a heart after God. Because he let God, he humbled himself. He said, God, I'm getting it out. I've got to get evil out. I've got to get it out. I can't live with this anymore. I've run out of time for this message. I've got another point, but we're going to have to come back to that. How, if I go back to this verse, Jesus talked at the start about this. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. My life is what's flowing out of my heart. Your life is what's flowing out of your heart. I want us to close our eyes right now. Right at home, online, just close your eyes wherever you are. Would you just have the courage to say to God, what is it in my heart that offends you? Just ask the Holy Spirit. What is it in my heart that offends you? What is it in my heart that's producing negative stuff? And when he says what it is, 
Just own it. Just own it. Ask for forgiveness. Spirit of God, help us to be ruthless with the weeds in our heart, the evil treasure in our heart. Help us every day. Don't let us get away with things. We want to be pure in heart. Your hard work this week is to spend time every day just going after the evil, the sin, the thing that God's put his finger on. God, get this out of my heart. Confess it to somebody else. God, get this out of my heart. If you're doing this in the group, you might be able to share even. This is what God's been putting on your heart to deal with, to get out of. Cynicism, critical thoughts, toxic things. If you're here this morning, in a moment, actually right now, I want to hand you back. Those of you who are online, I'm going to hand you back to Pastor Danielle. God bless you. Have a great Great rest of the day.